Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Chris from In This Moment, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Chip. This is JP. This is Carmen. From Chip Demonic, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Rocks. Hey, this is Jackie Vincent, you're listening to Iron City Rocks. And welcome to episode 234 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this week's episode, we have for you an interview with guitarist Jackie Vincent. Jackie's a guitar player for the band Falling in Reverse. In 2013, he released a solo album on Shrapnel Records entitled Star X Speed Story. John had a chance to talk to him about that album. Before we get into that, though, here is a track off of it entitled Maybe I Am a Wolf. Joining us from Iron City Rocks, we have from Falling in Reverse, we have Jackie Vincent on the phone. How you doing, Jackie? I'm good. How you doing? Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. I have to admit, uh, I, I was aware of your band, uh, but I had the opportunity a few months ago to to listen to your solo record. And as a child of of the '80s and, and the whole Mike Barney school of shred rock guitar, my mind was blown, so uh, it was awesome to have the opportunity to speak to you about that record. Um, before we get to the record itself, can you give me a little bit on your background, kind of how you got into music and, and some of your early influences? Well, yeah, I uh, I got into music pretty much just staying in like a walk and talk, because uh, my dad would be playing Queen and Led Zeppelin and... He had stuff with the Alien by Joe Satriani, and he had Guns N' Roses albums, and I would pick them out when I was a little kid, and and I was hooked from music from there on, and decided that I wanted to be a guitar player, and then um yes, yeah, so I ended up like this. 
Yeah, I was going to say, Lou, when you, when you mentioned Joe Satriano, that's an interesting one because you hear a lot, of, a lot of people, you know, especially your age, who admit, you know, Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, you know, their parents Led Zeppelin most likely, um, you know, and even some of the 80s hair metal bands. Uh, but you're one of the first people I've mentioned that, you know, kind of listen to their parents' uh, records from Joe Satriani, and you can really kind of pick that out as you're playing. Um, when you started taking up the guitar, where, I mean, did you have kind of a goal in mind that that's sort of what you wanted to go after or aspire to play like, or is that just something that kind of came naturally? Well, I definitely, as soon as I heard Joseph Shiani and I heard um, Steve Bly and Slash when I was a little kid, I immediately knew I was like, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to try and do. And this has kind of stuck with me my whole life. Um, now, you know, I saw In your era of growing up, um, obviously, you know, a lot of those guys kind of made for the names for themselves in the late 1980s. You weren't born until the late 1980s, am I correct? Yeah, uh, 89. Okay. So when you were growing up and, and you know, doing the, the, the band thing with friends and things like that, were you kind of the odd man out with that style of music? Or did you have friends that kind of gravitated to that? Well, like, I mean, I love a lot of different music. That's just one one element of music that I like. I mean, that was the music that made me want to be a guitar player. But, I mean, okay. I also love electronic music. I love more modern metal. I love, like, power metal is one of my favorite genres. I guess that's kind of from the 80s, too. But, you know, I love yeah. so much different music, so I wasn't really, like, stepping out of a comfort zone or anything like that, you know. It, um, sure. the, 80s, the 80s thing and being into the shredder thing is just kind of, like, one of one of my loves. You know, I love a lot of different music. So, Yeah, which is good to hear. You don't, you don't want to be kind of a, a one-trick pony. Um you obviously, uh, you guys have enjoyed some pretty decent commercial success with the first two albums from Falling in Reverse. Um, you guys have been slowly kind of building a fan base, you know, in the United States, and uh, crowds have been great. But what made you feel like this was the time, or what was the kind of the catalyst to step out now and do this record with Shrapnel? I mean, it was just a goal from from an early age, like, um, I, I knew that I wanted, as soon as I started playing guitar, I knew that I wanted to do a solo album, even when I was a little kid, you know, so it, it, it just happened to be that I had the opportunity to be able to do it, and I got in touch with Mike Barney, um, who wanted to do the album, and uh, kind of let me do my thing, and he wanted to put it out, so I, was, I guess I was lucky enough to finally get the opportunity to do something that I'd always wanted to do, and it kind of went hand in hand to, uh, with the whole being in a band thing. I wanted to be in a band too, but I also wanted to do the solo thing. So I, there, were, there were two goals that I had, in, had in, in the forefront of my mind the whole time. It just happened to be that I had the opportunity to be able to do it. Yeah, so how do you follow that up? You've got a top 20 album and you've done a shrapnel uh, instrumental record. You really have kind of crossed off everything off anybody's list as a guitar player. That's phenomenal. Um, Definitely, yeah. Writing, um, that's definitely one of the bucket lists. Yeah. Um, was it intimidating working with Mike? Um, I mean, obviously, Mike has worked with an immeasurable list of, of amazingly talented guitarists. Was there any intimidation factor there? <laughs> um, yeah, because not so much from the label itself, but, but um, mainly from kind of the public. And I mean, because obviously, a lot of the shred guitar guys a lot of the fan base for them is going to be like real metal heads you know so right. when i'm in a band like Ford and revised that's really in a, on the pop side people 
may not really take me seriously as a guitar player and think that I might suck because because I because I play in a more kind of like pop pop metal kind of band. Sure. Uh, we're not like really hard or anything, so I, so I, then I put out a shrapnel album. It's, it's probably they probably have a pretty biased opinion of me as a musician and probably kind of look down at me because of that. But it it doesn't really bother me. It's, it's, it was more of a personal outlet for me, and I was just lucky enough to have it come out on a label that I love, like shrapnel. You know, so I mean that that was, that was kind of a little bit of an intimidation factor. But I mean, as far as um, I mean. Yeah, I guess. But I guess um, I just believed in myself, and I, I I was really proud of what I wrote, and I I, I enjoy the album personally. You know, so I it, I guess that's all that really matters to me. I Absolutely. guess. So I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I guess that's it. And and the good thing about it, I mean, from a person who's listened to many many guitar instrumental albums, the, the the thing that's nice about it is that it's not a guitar freak only album you don't have to be uh, an Yngwie Malmsteen purist to enjoy the record it's still got melodic uh, qualities to it that, that make it very listenable um, yeah that's you what I'm any... sorry go ahead that, that's what I wanted to do I wanted to make it as fun as I could I wanted the songs to be kind of three and a half to like four minutes like kind of like just try and keep short songs it's not like weird time signatures or anything like that like I wanted right. to I wanted to make it. I, I wrote all the songs as if I was like approaching a pop song, you know. But instead of having the vocals, it was a guitar. So that's kind of how I approached the whole the whole writing process of it. So I wanted it to be fun. And if you listen to it, I mean, obviously there's the elements of the the eighties kind of shred stuff. But then if you really listen to it, there's like a lot of trance in there. There's a lot of kind of yeah. modern metal stuff. There's some like ballady stuff, you know. So there's there's a lot of different influences going on. And I wanted it to sound. Uh, Old school, but futuristic at the same time, you know, with the yeah. with the trial. So, and, and so yeah. Also, it's, it's evident you took your time to write songs, even though, as you mentioned, they're, they're not lyrical, but it still sounds like a song as opposed to a three and a half and a guitar solo. Yeah, I mean, great. I mean, to, I mean, to some people that hear, it, they probably to them it probably would sound like a three and a half and a guitar solo. But <laughs> I mean, to me, it, they, they are songs that like just structured like a regular kind of formula, you know. Yeah, and that's something that always struck me about Joe Satriani in particular was that his songs were very much songs, you know, and I think he Exactly, that. yeah. And that, that's um, my that's my first influence, you know. It, it, how, that's the first time I noticed when I was a kid. It was just a, just a great song, but it just had a lead guitar as, as the vocal, you know, as the main kind of... Yeah, you, you think yeah. it's track like Summer Song, and it's very much got a melody to it. Um, Definitely, Jay, yeah. Did you did you have any consideration on how the the Falling in Reverse fans would take the album, or, or was that not really a consideration? Um, wait, how did you say how the Falling in Reverse fans would take it? Yeah, yeah. Have you gotten much feedback from you know the fan base of the band? Yeah, there's some, there's some, um, some of the kids they really like it. I mean, a lot of our fan base is is kind of really young, so sure. they. This, so it's kind of like a new thing for a lot of them, like an instrumental guitar album, you know. Um, a lot of the kids are like, "Where's the singing?" You know, because they, they don't yeah. they don't get it. But um, yeah. it, I mean, a lot of them don't really get it. But there's there's some of them that that do and, and enjoy it and let me know that they like it. And so I, I teach a lot of kids, so some of them ask me to teach them some of the stuff off the album, so that's cool. But I mean, as an yeah. instrumental album, I don't expect everyone to get it and to everyone to dig it, you know. Um, but right. but I mean, there are some some kids out there that really 
um, seem to enjoy it. So, I mean, it's just a personal outlet for me. So if people like it or when I listen to it, that that just is like a bonus to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what you, you know, it's kind of interesting when I listen to you and uh, specifically Jake and Jinx from the Black Belt Brides, and I look at, you know, there's bands that appeal to a very young audience that, you know, through incredible guitar work could, you know, possibly influence the next generation of guitarists. So I'm all for it. Uh, do, you, do you have any aspirations of doing this material live? Have you had the opportunity to do any live dates or considering any? Um, I, I definitely want to tour if it is. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot. It's just like the kind of uh, whole financial thing of it and getting out on the road yeah. and, and having a band come out with me. I think I would be. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I would be able be able to kind of pull pull it off, you know. Um, but yeah. it's definitely something that I've been thinking about, and I want to try and try and achieve hopefully this year. But I'm not. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do it by myself, you know. <laughs> or, yeah, uh, logistically. Or, yeah, and, and with the band, you guys are. Have you started work on your next album? Uh, on my um, the second solo album. No, on the uh, as far as following universe, have you guys started on a uh, follow up? Yeah, album? yeah, we, we we're kind of uh, trying to come up with some ideas for the 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 third album right now, and we're all kind of putting our heads together. So it should be some exciting stuff. I think it's going to be pretty different, and I think we're kind of going to. I have a feeling we're going to go kind of go back to the roots of the uh, first album. Um, I feel like, but I have no idea how it's going to turn out. Sure. Now, um, you guys are going to be doing a uh, work tour. Uh, do you have any other firm touring commitments for the year set up? Yeah, we're playing uh, Rock AM Ring in Germany. That's going to be really cool. And we're playing a festival called Grows Rock in uh, Belgium. Um, uh-huh. That is... That is in May, and then uh, and then in June we we go to Germany, and then after that we have the warp tour. So we're going to be pretty busy during the next few yeah. months. Yeah, the warp tour will certainly keep you guys busy then. So, is the intent then to just do the tracking of the album after warp tour? No, I think uh, I'm not actually sure when that's all taking taking place. I know that we're we're, we're going to kind of put our heads together and do some pre-production pretty soon. But as far as really tracking it and getting the album ready to go. I don't know when that's going to happen yet. It's kind of really, it's really kind of uh, in the uh, fetal process right now. It's just really sure. kind of early on. Absolutely. And and as you, you uh, we, we talked about that, do you have aspirations of doing another solo record down the, down the road? Definitely, yeah. I haven't started writing anything yet because I wanted to leave enough time from the last one to the next one because I don't want it to sound just like the first one, you know. I want it to. I want it to be different. I want to grow as a guitar player. I want to get better. I, I want to have a better understanding of jazz and blues, and I want to. I want to get better and aspire to be more like the players that I really like. But well, obviously still myself. But I want to. I, I definitely want to progress as a guitar player before I release another one. Um, that the the first one, uh, Star Speed Story, was definitely kind of who I was right then and there. But now I kind of want to grow a little bit before I do the second one. But I definitely it's going to happen. I just as of when I don't know yet. And for the for the guitarists uh, out there, um, myself included, uh, if I could indulge you on gear wise, you use a pretty similar rig for your solo recordings as you do for falling in reverse, or do you have some different uh, configuration? I use exactly the same stuff. Yeah. Okay. And you're using a Dean guitar? Is that? 
Yeah, I got my uh, signature Dean's uh, Dean four fifty. You can uh, go on uh, DeanGuitars dot com and check it out. It's the uh, you can't miss it. It's the bright purple one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And what are you using for an amp? I'm using uh, EVH free heads in heads. Ah, uh, yeah. That's a beautiful, beautiful amplifier. So I can't can't uh, hold there. Definitely, big fan, fan, uh, big fan, Halen fan too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Jackie, it's been a pleasure again. The, the album is available on iTunes. Um, do you have a website, or what's the best way to get the album? Uh, go to uh, shrapnel.com, and uh, that's probably the best way, or iTunes, and uh, okay. type in my name, and this should come up. Yeah, so like, please go buy it, check it out, and um, yeah, and rock out. Awesome. And we'll be looking forward to you guys coming in July to Pittsburgh with Falling in Reverse. We'll look forward to seeing you out there at the first Niagara Pavilion on in Burgertown. Jackie, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. I'd like to thank Jackie for taking the time to talk to us. Jackie's solo album entitled Star X Speed Story is available from Shrapnel Records. Falling in Reverse will also be touring this summer on the Vans Warp Tour. They'll be hitting Pittsburgh's first Niagara Pavilion on July 15th. Up next on the program, we have Pittsburgh's own Chip Demonic. Chip recently put together a new project called Londona. John had a chance to talk to Chip and vocalist Jennifer Nish about this exciting new project. Before we get to that, though, here is a track from their new album called Touch Me in My Dreams.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the program we have from the new band, Londona. We have Chip Demonic, no stranger to the show, and we also have Jen Nish on the line. How are you doing, guys? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Chip. Um, this is, if I'm not mistaken, your third time on the show, or at least second. Um, um, I believe I believe it is third, yes. Well, you're, I think my only a handful of guests have made it third times, and certainly with your track record as a 2013 and 2012 Artist of the Year in our awards. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you back. Uh, and I was excited you sent me something totally brand new and kind of off the wall. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how the Lindona uh, project came to be and, and what it is exactly for those who haven't had a chance to hear it yet? Uh, sure, I'll give my perspective and then uh, Jen can chime in with any details from uh, from her perspective. But it really just started off with a uh, with me writing a song that did not fit into what uh, you know what I had been doing uh, with uh, Chip Demonic, uh, the band, hmm. and uh, I just you know did what most musicians do when they're when they're looking for a collaborator, and I took to Craigslist. And I uh, was looking for um, just a singer to sing on one song in the studio with me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had several several applications, uh, several responses to that Craigslist posting. But when, when Jen's came through, um, you know, her voice just blew me away and was, was perfect and really beyond perfect for what I was looking for. So we collaborated on that one song, and it was just so magical that uh, one song turned into two, turned into three, turned into four, and uh, before you know it, we had an album to release. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Jen, I, I have to ask you, you, you see this in, on Craigslist. This is kind of interesting. You know, I, the first thing I think of when I think of Craigslist is the Craigslist killer. Um, <laughs> this is kind of an interesting thing. And I know Iron City Rocks, for example, we, we got in touch with many musicians through Craigslist. But what, uh, what drew you to that ad in particular? Actually, I was um, just asked to lead, sing, uh, be the female lead for a group called No More Johnny. Okay. Um, and we had been rehearsing and uh, did one show together. And the night of that show, the bass player asked me if I checked anything out on Craigslist. And I said, well, you know, if I'm looking for patio furniture or yeah. exercise equipment, things like that, you know. And he said, I, I came across an ad um, looking for a female vocalist in, in the style of pink. And I thought of you instantly. He said, then I think you should give it a go. I'm going to forward it to you. So I said, all right, you know, mm-hmm. thanks for thinking of me. I, I checked it out and ran it by my husband. And um, I, I've, I'm not a stranger to answering ads like that. Mm-hmm. My very band that I was in, I answered out of the city paper and okay. when I was 20. So I didn't hesitate at all. I thought, well, let's give it a go. And um, it worked out good because we had just had our show with No More Johnny, mm-hmm. so we had a lot of video footage to send him, okay. and, um, and I did it, and I thought, oh, you know, let's let's see what happens, and, and honestly, I expected nothing more than a thank you for for your interest, um, I already found someone, you know, I'm looking for maybe somebody younger, <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I was floored, I was just absolutely uh, just shocked when I heard back from Chip, and, and it just went from there, so... Awesome. Now, Jen, um, I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with Chip and his background, but can you give me a little bit about, you know, the type of bands, like what kind of music No More Johnny was or where you came from influentially? Uh, well, No More Johnny, <clears throat> um, more of a, a top 40, okay. uh, you know, a mixed match of, of everything. Um, but I've been singing since I was a little girl. 
uh, mostly at church. Okay. I uh, started cantering at masses when I was seven or eight years old. Weddings, funerals, you know, all of that great stuff. Um, not funerals, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's an honor to, to be felt when somebody wants you to sing or something like that. But Absolutely. I um, did everything in high school um, in the chorus. And um, when I was in my early 20s, I, I found the ad for a group called the Del Rays. And I don't think that it's the popular one in the area that everybody has heard of. Um, it was an older group. Okay. The guys in this group actually could have been, that was the joke, they could have been my grandfather's. Yep. Um, so I, I mean, when I called this gentleman, he was like, how old are you? And <laughs> you know songs from the 50s and the 60s? And absolutely. I mean, music was huge growing up mm-hmm. my, in my house. My dad, my mom, my pap. Um, you know, so uh, the, it was just a huge part of my life. And I sang with them for several years and got married had had a couple kids, and um, I actually enlisted in uh, the Cannonsburg Idol. Okay. Um, I think that was in 2005, 2006. uh, Took first place there. Uh, Did the Washington Idol, their very first idol contest, and took first place there. Um, East End Idol at a local bar actually down the road from where I grew up and took first place there. So it was a lot of fun doing that. And then I actually won some recording time. And uh, one of the uh, studios that I won recording time with had a band, and the guys were like, we would love to work with you. Mm-hmm. And that was Step Off George. And um, we did a couple of things with them, and, and that was it. I mean, it just never – we always started, but it just kind of faded off. Sure. Yeah, as that happens quite a bit. But, you know, the one thing that's good to hear is, you know, kind of foundation as a singer, you know, which which is fantastic. And and you mentioned about working with the guys in the Delrays. I mean, that's the thing I think a lot of people overlook is that, you know, you can learn a lot from musicians that are that much older, you know, I mean, you know, and it it never hurts to go back and sing songs, you know, from that era. I mean, because a lot of fantastic singers in that era. Now, can I ask guys, which song was it that that was the catalyst for this? You know, I've had the opportunity to listen to the EP, um, but I don't know the answer to this question. So which which song was it in particular? It was uh, Touch Me In My Dreams was the first one. Okay. And Chip, did you write this? Did you, did you write music and lyrics for this, or did you just do the music? No, I uh, I wrote the music, the lyrics, the melody. And, um, you know, it was interesting. I, I just, when, when I got together and, and presented it to Jen, um, you know, I basically had... Uh, a home recording of everything and just played the melody on guitar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can that can be a train wreck when you give a singer, you know, just a melody on guitar and they don't know what the phrasing is or whatever. But, uh, you know, right from the right from the get go, she was able to translate that and nail what I you know, what I had presented and knew almost instinctually. Um, where the words went without much guidance or explanation. And that's, you know, that's part of what, where the magic happened is, is just the, uh, the chemistry was right from the get go. Like, you know, she got, she was able to get the, the vision for the song, um, right from the very beginning. And, uh, it's been magical since then. Sure. Yeah. And one of the things I have to admit that that song kind of does jump off the page. And when I listen to it, it kind of takes me back to, you know, that kind of the great era, as I, I think about it, for female vocalists almost in the mid-'80s, because it's got a little bit of a rock edge to it, you know, something you might hear from a Pat Benatar or, uh, you know, 
bands like Heart, which, you know, fantastic vocalists there. Um, Chip, did you have a female voice in mind with this, or was this just like, you know, my voice isn't cutting it, let's see where we can go? Oh, no, it was, it was totally uh, a female voice uh, in mind from the very beginning, and that's, you know, that's kind of what I what I heard from the very beginning. And my um, my Craigslist ad mentioned Pink as mm. kind of like the baseline or the comparison of what I, you know, what sound I was going for with that. Because, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Pink and, you know, she tends to cross over into the rock world with a lot of her um, deep album cuts. And that's kind of what I was was going mm. for with it. So I heard that type of voice. And then, you know, Jen not only brought the pink style, but also, you know, her voice is kind of a mashup of Adele as well and her own style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turned out even, even better than what I had, uh, what I had heard in my head. Yeah. It almost, you know, and talking to, to a lot of songwriters over the years, you, 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 you know, I was kind of thinking almost of Tom Schultz who, who when asked says, you know, I have this voice in my head that I, I'm hearing when I do this, you know, it's not my own, you know, cause Tom's voice is very different than, you know the singers he's had, but it was interesting to to, to learn about that process. Now you guys um, had gone through and done kind of a, a crowdfunding project for this. Was that to record the album, or was that for future video work, or what? How exactly is that process? That's that was for the video. We okay. uh, we self funded the recording, and okay. um, you know. Uh, then it was like, okay, this, this is turning out pretty good. You know, a next step would be a video. Okay. And, um, so that, that was the, uh, the intent for the crowdfunding campaign, which we're happy to report, um, hit over 150% of its goal and, uh, the video is going to happen. During 150%. So there, there's a, a good, uh, good, uh, lesson for you budding musicians. You know, if you've got something and you can make the incentives worth people's while, you know, you can do well with it and, for those who are not familiar, what self-funded means is that they pay through their nose themselves to record. Uh, um, what, what is what is the next step? You guys have an album release in early May, if I'm not mistaken. You want to talk about the event? Jen, you want to take that? Uh, it's on right. May 10th okay. at Club Cafe. Okay. Um, we have uh, we have two opening acts, correct? Yes, Stark and um, Misfit Stars. Okay. Um, and let, let me ask you this. Are you guys just performing as a duo, or, or do you have a band behind you? Just an acoustic duo, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know... We will be rehearsing soon, I hope. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, been, uh, we've been cranking it out, and uh, we have... Uh, uh, Every uh, every original that's on the album, we're going to do an acoustic version of. Uh, we have a song that we didn't get around to recording that we're going to be uh, performing that night, and we're going to be uh, doing some cover tunes from various eras as well to uh, to bring some surprise uh, to folks. So you know, it, it's going to be an entertainment filled night, and uh, you know, people can expect the unexpected. Any uh, surprise mashups in the works? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Not not for this project, but I'll tell you what, you know, you, this this project has kind of taken a life of its own. And uh, as I said, it started off with just a single song. It was going to be a one and done recording project and mm-hmm. it's turned into uh, into much more. Um, so, you know, there there are no limits and the world is our proverbial oyster. So who knows what uh, what can what can be coming up from us? Yeah, it's kind of interesting when you think about it. And, and this isn't necessarily our um 
strength, but I mean, pop music, when you think of, of pop today, you think of a lot of, of people listening to hip-hop and, and things like that, but you don't think of live pop music done, you know, on a local level quite as much, which makes this, you know, you think of metal bands and, and you know, bands doing CCR covers and things like that live, but I think that makes this uh, kind of unique in a way, so that might explain uh, some of the draw. Well, folks, I want to thank you, uh, Jen and Chip, for joining me today. Uh, wish you guys all the best on your record release at the Club Cafe. And, and uh, where can folks find out more about the band? Um, they can find out more about us on our website, which is musicbylondona.com. Londona is spelled L-O-N-D-O-N-A. Um, and also on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash musicbylondona. Awesome. Guys, well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity, John. Keep up the great work. Okay, thanks to Chip and Jen for taking the time to talk to us. You can catch Londona's CD release party at Club Cafe in the South Side on Saturday, May 10th. For more information, check out their website, www.musicbylondona.com. That brings an end to this episode of Iron City Rocks. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And check us out on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Also, check out our main website, ironcityrocks.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>